Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. Everybody shows up when it's 95 below. Well, yeah. what else is there to do? I'm proud of you. That's all I have to say is I'm very proud of all of you. You know what I'm saying. Or maybe you don't. Anyway, we'll be right <laughs> back. Kick things off, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Business I know. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's colder than hell. It's a Monday. Yes, I hit the post. Thank you very much. Great to be here. You're such a master. Yeah, it's a master. You would There's think no that you had won some awards. Oh, God, don't bring that up again. <laughs> very funny. I am so sick of you referring to yourself as Hall of Famer. Yes, the HOF. It's not mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, it's just the mm-hmm. HOF. That's, That's right. apparently on my Wikipedia page. I do that all the time. I don't remember doing it other than as a joke just after it happened, but that was... Uh, Oh, that was about 14 months ago. You know what I'm always shocked at? That what? people have time. I know. To go and update somebody's that. Wikipedia page to be mean. I well, just don't even get it. I just think they're losers and they have no life. They're losers. Well, they are. They're complete losers. To make something up that's not even true. Well, what about it is on, your, loser. On, your, on your Wikipedia page it says you refer to yourself as? Mr. HOF. Yeah. That's what it says. I don't believe I'm looking you up right now. No. I think it's been deleted. Somebody noticed it. Oh, they deleted it? Joe from Louisville says, aren't you kind of a big deal? (laughs) Very funny, pal. I don't know if I have a Wikipedia page. I've never looked at it. And if I did have a Wikipedia page, I would never look at it so they can say whatever they want. Oh, I don't ever look at it either. Somebody just sent it to me. Couldn't care less. Have fun. 
Somebody Tim said it. Oh, we have a package. Is on the phone. Timmy! Whose phone is buzzing? It was mine. Oh, Tom mm. didn't turn off his phone, Tim. Do you I, believe it? I have Johnny, to keep my phone Johnny, on so it. <laughs> oh, it's just a package. Probably something else you ordered. It is. What a shock! Mom's crabby. I am very excited to talk with you two today because last week we we didn't get off to a, a, a happy note because of somebody's displeasure with 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 glass. But I understand we're all on the just, same page this week with another movie. Just just because you hit, like bad movies, um, <laughs> there it's you okay. Go. You're allowed. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me Stan and Ollie is a bad movie? No, oh, glass bad. Absolutely, Stan I and Ollie good. Yep, I will tell you what I, I uh, we went and saw Stan and Ollie on it's a very Saturday. Sweet movie. It's a very sweet movie. And, it's funny as hell. And nobody misbehaved in the theater. Yeah, because Catherine was by about twenty years the youngest person in there. Well, that's just it. I mean, what kind of crowd are you going to get in? And unfortunately, you know, it's only older audiences that are going to see this movie. And yeah. there's yeah. no question that this these guys are lost on the younger generation. You know, it's interesting because you, you know, you talk with John C. Riley on KQ, correct? Just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, yep. Yeah, and I did in, I don't know, back when, before the film came out, and, you know, I was saying what sucks is is that it's lost on the younger generation, but he seems to think there's hope because, you know, a Laurel and Hardy stuff is all over YouTube and stuff. It's certainly yes. there. But That's true. But it's not, obviously, there are thousands upon thousands of other things there, whereas you and I and Catherine or whoever grew up with these guys, with John Gallus, on Sunday morning. Yep. I mean, that was, we we had very limited choices, but boy, it seemed to touch a lot of us. It did me. Well, we watched a little Laurel and Hardy yesterday. A chump at Oxford. A chump at Oxford. (laughs) And one of the lines was, you, you, you wouldn't know Einstein from a beer stein. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's still funny. It's still funny. <laughs> it's universal comedy, you know? It, it is. still works. You know, you're right. I, I did realize once I looked it up and went, I went, God, why aren't people going to see this movie? Because it's it, they changed comedy forever, a hundred years ago almost. But, well, uh, Riley I did look was up. saying, hey, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I looked it up, and their hot years were from 1928 to oh, about God. 1937, or was it 27 to 38, mm-hmm. something like that. My mother yeah. was 17 years old. Divine. <laughs> so <laughs> what does that tell you? That's a while well, ago, man. Yeah, well, the interesting thing that Riley was saying was, you know, it, they're everywhere in every you know, comedy actors' DNA now. He no was saying doubt. that you know, if you if you listen to, he says, listen to me and Wreck It Ralph. I'm using, you know, I'm Oliver Hardy is all over Wreck It Ralph. You know, and and Ralph yeah. the internet. Yep. Oh yeah. They've, they've influenced yep. so many comedians. So in a weird sort of way, they're still very much present, but only because of the way that they've influenced so many comedy you know, actors or teams or whatever over the years, which is, you know, that's that's great. But, you know, again, people aren't aware um, where that comedy came from, where those sensibilities came from, which is really sad. I think what I found most interesting about the film was how it examined a a part of their career that I don't think a lot of people knew about with this European uh, stage tour. I didn't know that. Nope, me either. Me either. I, so I tell you, a... I was thinking. I was just thinking about some of the great bits that they did that wouldn't transfer to today, and one of those. And mm-hmm. actually, when I was a kid, even. But I love the line when I don't know Laurel and Hardy are doing some damn thing, and Ollie tries to make a point, and Stan says to him, "Ollie, you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led." <laughs> See, now that was funny back in those days, but pencils aren't lead anymore, so the younger people go, what the hell are you talking about? That's true. How about what's a pencil? Yeah, how about what's a pencil? They don't yeah. even know what that is. That's very true. Yeah. But yeah. I, seriously, we watched, 
a chump at Oxford, and we we saw uh, Stan and Ollie just absolutely loved them, and it was very touching. I did, I revealed to to Michael Bryant because uh, he asked me about the movie. I said I didn't realize till I left the theater that I was allergic to Stan and Ollie because and he, uh, he said, "Why is that?" And I said, "Well, I left the theater and my eyes were watering." <laughs> <laughs> so I was just—it made me very sad at the at the end. The end is it's very sad. very sweet, very sweet. Yeah, it but very is. Sad. But again, just I mean, brilliant. the way that what I love about these sorts of movies—I mean, yes, they could end on a sad note. And I know you pointed out this morning we don't see him pass away or anything like that. Right, on the right. Scene, thank God. Fortunately. But we, what we do see and what we did see in Bohemian Rhapsody was, you know, a couple mm-hmm. people that knew that, you know, time is short. And, and, and they decided that, look, I'm going to live my life to the fullest and do what I was born to do with the time that I had left. I mean, they tried yep. to replace Oliver Hardy with somebody else in the end, and he saw it, and it, it just didn't work as much as the guy tried, and it wasn't his fault. So it's like, you know what, I need to be doing this. I need to be the guy to, to do mm-hmm. this. And, and then I love movies like that, that, yes, it is sad, but it is also inspiring. So that, right. that was really cool. They went with a really interesting approach with this movie. Um, again, not your standard biopic. We get a bit of, of the Hal Roach stuff at the beginning and the way out west. Right. But, again, again it, it mostly covers this stretch of time that a lot of us didn't know about, and I thought, wow, what a cool way to go about a biopic. And also, Tom, I, I think one other thing that you didn't point out, but I'm sure you enjoyed, the film is like only 96 minutes long. It's not you that long it. of a film. I loved so it. That, that Absolutely they, loved it. They kind of got to the point there. But Steve Coogan, I mean, you know, obviously John C. Riley. I mean, both these guys, they disappear into the role, and, and the, I never oh, realized God. how much Steve Coogan actually resembles Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sure does. He certainly does. Yeah, the makeup was amazing. It was wonderful. Yeah. It, it, the whole Yet thing. it wasn't nominated. It wasn't nominated for any Oscars, no. not even makeup, which is ridiculous. Oh. A movie like this is, it, it, it's really kind of a victim of timing because obviously they were smart yeah. enough to know yeah. that, look, we can't release this thing wide. It'll be here and gone in a weekend. So they did the old... Um, you know, December 25th release, which is the reason I got to see it so early and in, in interview Riley and John S. Baird, who directed the picture. Um, uh, and, and, you know, that worked because it got him on the awards radar, and there were a couple, like a Golden Globe and something else, or, you know, broadcast film critics. But, you know, as far as an audience picture, they've tried to, they've been struggling with how do we release this thing. And finally, last week was, I think, 725 theaters. But I think people, if you're, you know, people that want to see it that are listening, go see it now because I don't know how much longer it's going to be around. That's sad. And it's not because it's a bad movie. Again, it's just because audiences just aren't in tune with, with, with this sort of stuff now. No, no, they really aren't, and it, it is too bad because see, I've always enjoyed, like when I was a teenager and in my twenties, I looked back at who uh, Benny Goodman was and who Glenn Miller was, and I really enjoy their their music, all the way back to Rudy Valley, which was my grandmother's favorite singer. I wanted to know why my grandma liked him so much. I wanted to know my, my, why my mother adored Glenn Miller, you know. So I look back. So I guess people don't do that any longer. Well, it's a right, long right. time and, ago for Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Well, and, and to you think, know. you know, the film yeah. picks up in the 50s when their career, for all intents and purposes, was over, at least their film career. And, and, you know, to give people a little better idea of what is going on for most of the pictures, these guys are on a stage tour, basically doing mm-hmm. um, what they did so well on film, but they were they brought their act to stage in the hopes of getting a film deal um and that's kind of just yeah, dangling yep. out there for them the whole time yep. and you realize that these guys by no means were a couple of has-beens these guys were as sharp as ever on the mm-hmm. on the stage as they were on film so again it just presents things in a different light and one other thing i wanted to point out about john baird the filmmaker and and, and goes to show these guys were internationally they were huge. I think it might have said something huge. in a yep. scroll in the prologue, but the guy that directed the film, he was born in 72, uh, and he's from Scotland, you know, and so he grew mm-hmm. up watching right. these guys. 
You know, so they were huge internationally. And, you know, when they start this tour in the film, you know, there was a disconnect with the audience. There wasn't much of an audience. And then finally, finally the word started getting around. But these guys were just as talented as they ever were when they went on this tour. Yep. So, again, I just yep. find this whole complete story fascinating. And uh, I'm much better than, you know, watching the behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know, Sons of the Desert or Way Out West or, or the music box. Uh, did, did you like that little uh, homage to the music box in, in the film? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give it away, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's very clever the way they worked in those little homages to yep. things. But, uh, yep, yeah, just a right. great film that really celebrates the talents of both those guys and, as you can tell, I'm still pumped about it. It, it was just a wonderful Loved movie. Loved it. Yeah, and the yeah. other thing was is, um, the fact that they were talking about that they had made all those shorts, which were used um, at the theaters for other movies, right. and they never got paid for any of them. Any of them. Oh. Never got any money. I mean, no residuals for any of that. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, the word is is that um, Stan Laurel died penniless. I bet. And so did Oliver Hardy. I don't think they ever paid him anything. They both died penniless, yep. No, Ollie did gamble away his dough, so you know what I'm saying. I think a lot of it went (laughs) to, as they say, whiskey, women, and song. That's what what they both said it went. (laughs) And you know, the women that played the wives were great, too, weren't they? Oh, they were terrific. Who's the guy who played Hal Roach? Because that guy's a great actor. Oh, what the hell is his name? He's a British guy? No, no, the guy uh, no, who played he, the he played the, the head guy box. on that show. Music, uh, it Magic is, uh, City. Danny, yeah. yeah, Danny Houston. Danny Houston, Dunn there you go. Son. He's terrific. He's a great yeah. actor. Really, I good. was hoping to see but, yeah. more of him, but that was a great scene at the mm-hmm. beginning. But yeah, Danny Houston is <laughs> John Houston and son and, and uh, Angelica Houston's brother. And he's been in quite a bit. But he's, you know... I guess we could say character actor or whatever. He doesn't, you don't see him in a lot of leads, but when he comes in, he no. knocks it out of the park, and he was sure a jerk with uh, those guys. Kind of just, <laughs> oh, uh, God. you know, you're, you're, that, then, and that also examines something, too, about how Stan went off to partner with somebody else. Or no, Ollie went off on to partner with somebody Ollie, else yeah. because he was under contract, and yeah. So a lot of yep. more, a lot more yep. interesting history stuff there that people might not know of, um, and uh, then they bring that up to each other in a pivotal scene at the end of the movie. You know, yep. they didn't get along at times, but they certainly didn't hate each other. I thought they they really no. loved each other, and you know, did, the way yeah. that Dan took care of him and watched over him and everything. It was. It was such of a sweet movie. What a great movie. It really was very, very funny. The things that they did that were brought up constantly. That There's a scene in Chump at Oxford where, where Stan and Ollie uh, get hired as a butler and maid. And Stanley's <laughs> the maid. And he comes up to Ollie and he says, Ollie, it says... The woman here wants me to bring out the salad undressed. He goes, well, then do it. Bring the salad out undressed. He comes out in his underwear, and he's higher than a kite. Anyway, he's drunker than hell, and he comes out, and he serves a salad while wearing just his underwear, and the hostess faints, and they had to run out because John, uh, was it uh, James Finlayson? I think his name is James Finlayson. I know it's Finlayson, but... He's he's the he's the head of the family. He's the guy that used to close one eye and go, "Dope." That guy. That's where "Dope" came from. Mm. Was from James Finlayson, and he, no he was so good in that. It was unbelievable. Really good. But uh, yeah, just I gotta watch more of them for, now. Oh God, I yeah, we did we get well. Uh, you know what? I gotta take a break. Be right back. But I'll give you a tip. You're gonna love this tip. Be right back, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. 
It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. On a mountain in Virginia, <laughs> a lonesome pine. Just below is the cabin home of a little girl of mine. Her name is June, and very, very soon she'll belong to me. For I know she's waiting there for me, neath that lone tree. Uh, I was singing along with every song in there. I knew every song they were singing because I remembered them from when I was a kid. Oh, well, it's God, just because just... so these guys were great singers, too. And, and, oh, and not only those guys, but, but Riley and Coogan. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, stuff, yeah. Man. Really good. Really, well, really good. And at the end of the movie, when they said that Stan never stopped writing after Ollie died, mm-hmm. um, it'd be very interesting to see if anybody could... Find those, uh, yeah, those mom's bits, phone, you know, and do, you know why? You know they couldn't have done some for the movie. Oh, they, I, those, but they did show them the actual, uh, the actual Stan and Ollie at the end of the movie in some clips, right? And you could not tell the difference between Coogan and Riley and Stan and Ollie. They looked exactly. Right. Honey, could you turn that down, please? Shut up. Making tons of noise. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Flip your switch, Mom. <laughs> She's a disaster. It was the, uh, what they did was, it was the Way Out West scene um, that yes. they did at the yep, beginning of exactly their right. film. And then they put a, did they do a side-by-side or not? I, I can't remember yeah, yes. now. But, uh, yeah, so, no, so, yeah, side-by-side, was, side, but it was. Oh, it was the original. I think on, online, on, on YouTube, you can see a side-by-side, and it is identical. It's unbelievable how good these guys were. Look, I'm just telling you, even yeah. if you don't know who Stan and Ollie are, which I understand that because, you know, Stan died last, and that was 54 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, that right. was a while ago. But um, I just think you would really enjoy seeing the movie because of the creation. And you have to understand, those bits weren't around before all, uh, Stan and Ollie. They were not around at <laughs> all. So they created all of that and got no credit and no money for it. Unbelievable. Uh, that's how filthy. So that's why, what the hell am I doing in radio? What am I doing? What's wrong with me? <laughs> there is well, there is one descendant that helped them on the film. Her name is Cassidy Cook, and she is the great granddaughter of Stan Laurel. And oh, really? um, she had commented to uh, John Baird, the filmmaker, about how she forgot she was watching actors. So I don't know oh, how really? she. Yeah, she just thought it was just like watching her grandfather you know from uh, from all she's seen i would imagine growing up um, right but uh you know it's it, there, you know the thing is there are really big fans of you know laurel and hardy around the world but again not the sort of massive fan base like a you know a marvel comic book fan base where it's going to prop right. up a film like this which is unfortunate but uh, you know it's definitely gonna fans are gonna love it but you don't even have to be a casual fan to love it and and the other thing, like I was saying before, I mean, if you guys like John C. Riley, all um, so many comedians today, especially with any sort of physical humor in their acts, 
somehow, some way, they were inspired by Stan and Ollie. You know, and, I and don't so think they, any they've been there. People got to go and see where this stuff came from. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just think it's the, well. You know, you mentioned Way Out West, which is one of my favorite movies. Those two did absolutely yeah. love it, and that movie, of course, has the great line in it where Stan walks over to the payphone, which is hanging on the wall. It's and there's no such thing as a phone booth. It's just a, a phone hanging on the wall, and the phone rings, and Stan goes over and answers it. He goes, "Hello." It certainly is, and hangs up. <laughs> and all he's got this quiz look on his face. He's just this odd look on his face. He goes, well, who was that? He goes, I don't know. It was a woman. Well, what did she say? <laughs> and Stan says, she said, it's a long distance from New York. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly oh, is. Man. It hangs up. Oh, man. Uh, just brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Tom lasted five minutes through the favorite. Yeah, five oh, minutes. Oh, jeez, greener. I'm surprised you lasted overrated, that Overrated, overrated, overrated. Did you watch it, Mom? Horrible. I did. You watched the whole thing? Oh, I want to watch I did. it. I want to see it. How? What did you think of it, Mom? Well, it was... <sighs> looks a little dry. It's hard. It looks weird. Uh, well, it apparently this whole lesbian aspect of Queen Anne was not has never been confirmed. No, big surprise. There. Um, so I don't know why you'd pick on Queen Anne, uh, this historical figure, to out her in a film like this. I'm not really positive what the motivation was. Well, about a majority of black Klansmen never actually happened, so it doesn't no, matter. That's exactly right. You can say never whatever has. you want so, in the movie, and people will believe you. But I really love the costumes, of course, because I love those period movies with the costumes and the sets and all that stuff. I've always loved all that stuff. But yeah, um, yep. I don't know. It was it was entertaining entertaining in some areas. I, th- I laughed a couple of times. Um, I don't know who other than uh, I don't know who the, who they made this movie for. What this audience would be, I have no idea. The artsy crowd, the critics love it. And you know, yeah. the funny thing that I find about it is. You know, people will balk at the historical accuracy of Bohemian Rhapsody, but yet right. they don't seem to have a problem with this movie, which nope. there are large historical no. inconsistencies. Um, yes. Yeah, there and yet they love it. You know, you can't have it both ways. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And well, wait till you, you, you got to see Roma. I just want to see how long you're going to last in Roma because, again, it's so overrated. I, I, again, I, I, there's such a, people wonder why there's a disconnect with the Academy Awards. This is why. Yeah. Because they want to tell you that yeah. we're smarter than you, and we get this and you don't. And, you know, so who's going to tune in to watch uh, something that, the, the, the favorite in Roma are the two leading Oscar nominees. They each got ten. Really? You know? And they don't even yeah. speak English, right? Well, who played Queen Anne? Because she actually was really good. I have to she say. She is good. Perform- Olivia the performances is were name. good. Okay. Olivia Coleman is I... a. If there is a, there's a It's a TV show called uh, The Night Manager with Tom Hiddleston. She is okay. in that prominent okay. role. I, but I think that's mostly people in North from that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I it just I, I just don't know what the point was. Is I mean they made her. It kind of was a. It sort of felt like a female empowerment kind of movie in a way, mm-hmm. showing how you know the character Emma Stone played had to you know went from you know, when you're not married all of a sudden you're nothing and then when you are married all of a sudden you're something and all of that crap that went on back in those days yeah. um but it made queen anne look like she was either you know, sometimes stark raving mad <laughs> and it's like well if you were going to go with the fact that you know wanted to out her as a lesbian why would you play up the crazy part you know what i mean yeah it, it yeah. didn't seem like that's what the point was. Then I don't know. I don't know. I just had a I had a hard time with some of the writing. I didn't know what they were getting at. Uh, let me put it this way: I sat down with Catherine. I watched the first five minutes. Basically, I couldn't understand the damn word they were saying. So because they whisper too, it's that British. Yeah, the British mumble sometimes is very hard oh, to understand. So many people are whisper. like, "You should watch the Crown," and I'm like, "I can't understand a word any of them are saying." Oh, I love the Crown. They're talking so quiet, and it's so dark. Yeah. I'm like, "What's going on?" 
I yeah. know. So love, here's the deal. I love the crown. I watched the first five minutes with mom. Then I went in and did some work for about 45 minutes. I walk out of my studio. 45 minutes later, I walked up and said, has she come out as a lesbian yet? <laughs> because you knew from five minutes yeah, in that was did. their agenda. I, yeah, you well, knew yeah. that that was the point. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It, all of this stuff is just so amazing to me. I, I just, I'll never understand it. Um, Tim, let me ask you a question about that. As far as television mm-hmm. is concerned, they're going, the reason that they're tanking like mad on broadcast television, I'll give you an example. I was watching the FBI, which I like. I like it. It's good. Uh, you know, I like cop shows anyway. But I'm watching the FBI, and it's about uh, these people being killed, these, uh, these far-right conservatives that are being uh, one one was firebombed, and then a couple other things happened, and uh, you know it was all the, the, all these scenes with uh, with an Iranian woman and a black woman, and you know all these people getting together, and then they showed their professor, and I said, "Oh, he's a white guy. He did it." Well, and yeah, of course, at the end, it's, he was the one who did it. It's always a white guy. You can always, always. tell. It's you it just makes everything your, boring. It does. It makes everything boring because you know in advance who did it because. Mm-hmm. The only white guy in it, uh, you did it. It's just, and it happens every time. Well, this is sort of retribution mm-hmm. for when, you know, it used to always be the black guy that did it. Yeah, but here's the problem. <laughs> Which also became boring. My generation didn't do that. That was previous generations. Why do we have to pay for their ills is what I'd like to know. What the hell's it got to do with us? Yeah, that whole pendulum swing. Oh, yeah, forget all the over pendulum the swing. I will tell you this, and this is my opinion strictly. Nobody else is on the show. But if you want to look at racism, look at all these white people just pulling it out of their ass to make sure they just adore people of color. Oh my God. And it's not, they're not treated equally. They're like somehow even better than everybody else, which is racist to be better or worse as a group of people. Is, that's prejudged, and it's prejudice, and it's way out of line. So I don't know why, when they, they're going to let this go. Look, there are great black people, great people of all colors, great white people, all the rest of it, and some people of all colors are flaming a-holes. So let it go, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm not, well, you got it, like you say, you, you, the, the people that you should be concerned about the most are the, are the a-holes. They're the bad people. That's it. Exactly. Got nothing to do with color. But apparently it does now. I don't know. But don't you think eventually broadcast television is going to go away because they will not stop doing that? I just, Jesus. Maybe they're growing their audience base in a different way. It doesn't look like it. Their numbers are horrible. Well, they're going away because of the competition, too. The competition. Well, that's true. Absolutely. They're just. You know, they're operating under the same standards, you know, and, and uh, meanwhile you have streaming and where anything goes, you know, with as far as the, the, the content and how it's rated. And, you know, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, how many yeah. new shows does Netflix put out a year? It's in the hundreds. It's crazy. And these guys are stuck yeah, to their schedules where they get the, the fall schedule and the, and the mid-season replacement schedule. And then their mm-hmm. summer schedule is basically the, what is it, the game show stuff, basically, the reality stuff. Yeah. So they did, you know, the content that they put out, there's just not much there in, in, in um, uh, comparison to everybody, everybody else, you know. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. they got to change, change up somehow. I would love to grab everybody in Hollywood by the shoulders and shake them and say, judging someone is a bad person by their skin color and judging someone as a great person because of their skin color, they're both racist. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Even if you're praising someone just because of their skin color, you're a bigot. You just are. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty hard yeah. to argue. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Take each individual as an individual. Let's not lump everyone together like idiots a hundred years ago did with black people and with Mexicans and with pretty much everybody. I mean, they just did. But it's a hundred years now, later now, and you can't hang that on this generation or the following generation. We had nothing to do with that. Right? Right. 
I mean, I didn't get the great benefit of white privilege when I was a kid, so I'd like to know why. What, how come I got short uh, change? What happened? I'll go edit your Wikipedia page again. Well, because what, <laughs> Mr. Hall of Fame? Yeah. Mr. HOF, excuse me, I got that wrong. But, um, yeah, I just... When you sign autographs, all... you put HOF after it? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, HOF, uh, two, what was that, 2017? Yep. Yeah, HOF 2017. <laughs> uh, let me just tell you very quickly in one minute, and uh, Michael Bryant laughs about this because I did say to my kids, you know, because they said, well, you know, we were talking about this and the other thing about the Hall of Fame, the National Radio Hall of Fame, and then came the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and I said, all that's left now is a, if I someday win a Marconi, that'd be great. And uh, I think it was Alex that was it. Alex or Andy? You who found the Marconi Award that I had stuffed in a, ch- a drawer? I did. That would be me. Oh no, you Andy, found it in the garbage. Oh, oh, I yeah, I rescued it from the garbage. Yeah, yes. I threw it away. But I had forgotten that I won the Marconi Award. Yep. So you know, that's when you were Mister Anti Awards. I was not. I'm still not fond of them. Well, if they were given for the right reason, no, I, I really do appreciate it. It's very very nice, but. But, yeah, I, the, the, the problem I have with them is people are going to use it against you, like they did in Wiki, on the Wikipedia page. Well, it's because it's just you brag when you're bragging. Well, you know who's wonderful? I am. Right. Did I ever point that out? I'm just fantastic Your as a human being. braggadocious problem. We'll be right outed. back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I have a question. Does everybody in the studio have Roku? No. No. We do, I have something. We well, wait. Yeah, we do actually. I just forgot. Well, Alex, you have Apple TV, which is basically yeah. Roku, Roku kind of. The reason I bring that up is, and I, I, I was going to tell Tim this, and I forgot to tell him that uh, Roku has a Stan, a Laurel and Hardy channel, and mm. it's free. So you can just download the channel, and it has how many dozens and dozens of feature oh, well, films did, and all kinds of stuff. In the movie, did. Did his wife say he made 137 movies? I think something like that. Is that possible? Something like that, yeah. It's a lot. God. And then I don't know how many shorts. I think that included the shorts. Oh, that included the shorts? I think so, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, uh, if you're a huge uh, Laurel and Hardy fan, there's an actual Laurel and Hardy channel on Roku or Apple TV or any of that stuff. It's free. All you got to do is download the... There's the probably, icon, and you're good to go. Probably a ton of it on t- YouTube, too. There's tons of it on YouTube. So. That's exactly right. No doubt about and it. And obviously some of them are funnier than other ones, but God, when they're funny, they are really funny. I, just the things, like I said. <laughs> just the little weird, odd things. But 
Um, yeah, so we saw we saw Stan and Ollie loved it. We uh, I watched five minutes of the favorite. And went oh, you can tell where this is going. Yeah, it was very predictable, well, but it was it, it was yeah. it was it was it was lush and lavish, as they say. Lush. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful, very film. beautiful. It film. Was, the, yeah, yes. the film itself, the the backdrop and the clothing and all that stuff was very. It was very beautiful, mm-hmm. but I couldn't understand uh, what they were saying. They're just whispering in that British accent, and I'm like, I can't understand a word you're saying. Okay, whatever you say. You're damn right. That's what I was going to say, but you beat me to it. But, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Really, really good. God, Stanley made 188 movies and 188. shorts. 188. Wow. Holy God. That's... And he made no money. Uh, and he made no money. Yeah, nope. Stan left the yep. yeah when they were who were they under con- contract Hal with when Roach. they? What was the name of the studio? Hal Roach. Oh, that studio. was the name of the studio. Yep. Oh, okay. HR. And, yeah, and and Stan wanted to go to someplace else because they weren't paying him any money. And I mean, so it's been the same old studio garbage forever. Oh, forever. Forever, but I mean, he made no residuals on all of that. It's just sad. Well, look at Tommy James, one of the most prolific writers, entertainers, huge, huge act. Morris Levy, his manager, stole fifty million dollars from him. God, fifty million. Why? Could you just steal five million? These, Isn't that enough? Did then, these guys ever go to jail? Did they ever get? Nope. N- never go to jail. Nope. Stealing all that money. It's unbelievable. Managers. Unbelievable. Well, I've never had a manager didn't steal from me. Every one of them did. It's unbelievable. What are you being reluctant to talk about? I'm just, don't, it's a true story. Don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard to sue me because I got proof they did it now. So I mean, you know, you got pigs who run all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just the way it is. People will do anything for money, and I, I don't know what, what the great thrill is. But well, in Bohemian Rhapsody, when uh, he was leaving the group. To go get his new contract, and they offered him what was it, four million dollars? Four million, yeah. Which you know, back then, four million was a lot of money, but it wasn't an insane amount of money for as popular as they were. It'd be like what eight million now? Uh, I thought we looked it up. I think it was around uh, eight million, something like that, anyway. But no, that's the whole thing. You, you, if you are a, an entertainer and you have a manager, they're stealing from you. That's just <laughs> how it is. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Cassie, I won't say where or when, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know who gets all the money. Quiet. Me too. Yeah. I'm not saying a word about anything. Well, so, how much snow did you guys get? Uh, I think we got about almost six inches of snow. Did you? We only got four. Mm, yeah. yeah, four or five. Get much. Oh, okay. So they're closing the schools just because of the cold. Well, actually, yes. it's well, not. They could have gone to school. They could have today. absolutely gone to school today. Yeah, well, yeah. it was. A, it was one of those like, "There's gonna be snow up mm. to our eyebrows." They thought and that then it <laughs> Polar vortex. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everybody freaked yeah. out and can't. But like Bloomington schools are running today. Oh, mm. are they? But yeah. Well, are they uh, really? Now the the rest of this week, I have a feeling they're going to have to call off school the rest of the week because it's supposed to be. It's going to um, get really cold. Yeah, they're talking thirty-five to sixty below wind chill. Mm-hmm. My sister, oh, my no. sister-in-law is a teacher in a Bloomington school, and she said that Tuesday, Wednesday are likely to be canceled because of temperatures. Yeah, yeah it's too cold for those kids to stand out by the bus. They're yeah. saying, oh, but yeah, Bloomington, they cannot be standing. Yeah, out there. and Bloomington doesn't cancel unless it's like. Yeah. You'll die. I know. I was, 70 below. I was in the Bloomington School District. Yeah. I know. Everybody got school off except for us. Yeah. She's, I know. Yeah. I yeah, remember those thing. mornings watching the news, seeing, and it would get to Blooming Prairie, and then it would skip to, like, in yeah. Detroit Lakes. So I'm like, oh, gosh uh, darn it. I know. Well, it's hard, too, because her kids well. are in daycare in Egan, so they go off the Egan school. So it's like sometimes the daycare will be canceled, but then she'll have to, like, supposed to be in school, and it's just like, she's like, Bloomington just will never call yeah. school off. It's ridiculous. No. Well, it's probably a good thing, don't you think? Uh, snow days are the best, though, when you're a kid. Oh yeah, yes. snow so days. You don't have to go to school. Oh, it's great. Oh yeah. Oh my I god. Remember, I don't remember a lot of. I don't remember Such... a lot of snow days when I was going to school. No, there was like they three party. ever. <laughs> yeah, they they closed the South Florida State Fair because of rain. Because it rained. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Because of rain. 
That's they very, just very shut cool. it down. Well, Not happening today, people. Well, there's that, <laughs> I was like, what? There was that weather, their picture of the weatherman giving the weather in Florida, and it was like, temperatures of 52 degrees, how to handle the cold with children. Dress <laughs> No, their advice was their advice for 52 degrees in Florida was dress in layers and limit time outdoors. Dress in layers. Limit yeah. time yeah. outdoors. Limit time outdoors. <laughs> like 52. what would happen if you stayed outside in 52 degrees for? Oh, I freeze to death. What? Meanwhile, it's hey, the be... iguanas. The, the iguanas go into a comatose state. I think at 60. Oh yeah, they no, just we're... tip out of the trees. We're not giant iguanas. iguanas just. Wind chill is going to get down to negative 35 tonight. Oh, my God. Down to negative 60 tomorrow night. Oh. And stay that way through Thursday morning. So Wednesday, the whole day is going to be like, it's going to be, you can't go outside. We haven't had that kind of weather in a while. Not in a long time. No, it's been 1995. 1995? 1995 is the last time it was that cold. Yeah, because Alex was born in 89. And it was 26 below real temperature when she was born. Yeah, it was like a 60 below wind chill. It was ridiculous. They closed down, I think, the University of Minnesota, which never mm. happened. And then we, yeah, and then we had that oh, that's right, freezing baby. cold air for a few years, and then we didn't get it anymore. Mom, Don't miss it. Mom had a brand new car, and it wouldn't start. I yep. remember we came out of the oh, hospital. Yeah. And the car wouldn't well, start. And I remember I was holding this teensy tiny baby, and I'm like. I can't take her out in this. What happens if something happens? I know. And they're like, ex- she'll be fine. Babies are resilient. I'm like, it's 26 below, people. 70 below windchill. Brand new baby here. Uh, I should, what what, what uh, Catherine was just talking about there, when Alex was born, she was about the size of a pepper shaker. Yeah. But anyway, I, ha- I actually, I, I remember so the first time I ever touched you, I held you in one hand. Oh, my gosh. Remember we, that? Yeah. We had... Our, we have a new nephew that was born on Wednesday, and oh, okay. I held him yesterday, and it's just like even, and he was like a technically big newborn. He was eight pounds and 14 ounces, but they're just so little. Mm. I know. They are yeah. tiny. Yeah, it's like their whole butt fits in your hand, and then their back is another hand. It's like, what? I know. They're so small. And then Sage looked like a teenager <laughs> next to this <laughs> tiny baby. It was like, he's immense. What is going on? Did did everybody there see the picture of Sage's hair when he just woke up? God, that was so funny. No, Cassie, did I you show, see that? I no, I didn't. It. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. you got You have to show Cassie because, you know, as a 37-year-old grandmother of 11, or whatever it is. <laughs> grandmother of 11. Well, she's a grandmother. About I three am? people. What, three? Three, Grandmother yep. Of three? Yep. There's gran- Granny Cassie. Oh, he's got bed hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> bed hair. Look at the look on his face. I was like, ooh. He's like, where am I? It's like he just. <laughs> What's happening? He was like, you're so. It's like he just. Yeah. <laughs> <was> so... <laughs> That's what I said on Facebook. I was like, when you nap so hard, you wake up wondering what year it is. Yeah. What year it is. <laughs> he was exactly. so sweaty. He was just like. <sighs> yeah. That, that is a great picture. Yeah, yeah that hair is the best. <laughs> you know, isn't it, yeah. isn't it weird that some people don't like little kids? How, how can you not like a little kid? Andy doesn't like little kids. Yeah. He likes Fawn. Yeah. He's, like right. he's warming up. That's it. He's warming up. She's he's spending, all right. As he's spending more time with kids, he's getting. Hey, the only reason she's better. named Fawn is because of the way she fawns over you, Andy. She loves you. She mm. does love Andy. She does love That's Andy. true. Aww. He goes, mm, that's true. That's really nice. Nice and warm there, Andrew. Nice and warm. But in any case, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really cold. Be very, very careful. Um, yeah. I just, Dress I just in realized, layers. I just realized something. With the wind chill, the weatherman down here saying, oh, my God, be careful. It's going to get down to 52. Dress in layers. Stay inside if you can. It's going to be, in effect, 112 degrees colder in Minnesota. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cry me a river. Yeah. <laughs> Cry me a river, exactly. Well, Alex, Dan's headed up to the Arrowhead, right? Yep, he's going in to International Minnesota. Falls right now. Why? Oh. Are you kidding yeah. me? And the air For temperature a... is going to be 35 below, he said. Oh. Yeah. For a, the air um, temperature. For a race for work, so he'll be outside the entire time. Why? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? Why would you yeah. do that to yourself? I don't know. <laughs> no. Do you have to have goggles on all the time? You must. Just to keep your... 
Oh, I would eyeballs from freezing. It depends <laughs> on the wind situation. I remember last year he went and he was like, yeah, it's so hard. I mean, you can't even drink your beer fast enough because it turns into ice. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> beer slushies. Those are your problems. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> I, so my sorry. eyeballs have frozen before and it's not fun. You go blind. What? Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Really? Yeah, I'm I sure. Was, I was snowmobiling and my... My mm. shield on my helmet kept fogging up, so I had to ride a good five miles with my shield up because I couldn't see. It was nighttime. By the time we got to the restaurant, I literally was blind. I, oh, everything was like frosted oh, over, and I'm in the bathroom oh. throwing warm water on my good. eyes because I couldn't see anything. I couldn't read the menu, nothing. It was horrible. Oh, man. That's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Uh, a listener just asked me, is Dan on serious drugs? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to ride a bike in 35 below real temperature. Well, at minus 60 wind chill, your skin freezes in five minutes. So, <laughs> oh, man. Man. Good so, times. Yeah. Yep. But, you Good know. times. Uh, that Minnesota just way. I don't understand why it has to get that called. Well, there was a guy I talked to, you know, over the Christmas holidays talking about, I was wearing a Minnesota Gophers t-shirt. And I'm in the elevator and the guy says, oh, you're from Minnesota, huh? I said, yeah. And he goes, Man, I was up there. It was freezing. It must have been like 60 degrees. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's really chilly at 60. <laughs> he thought it was extreme. I think it was very windy that day in 60. felt really cold to him. But mm. that'll happen. It's just going to happen once in a while. So, yeah, just stay safe and don't. The biggest problem they have at colleges now are, are when school shuts down. That's why colleges hardly ever close, because when they shut down, the students tend to drink, and drinking a lot and going out, yeah. and, you know, thirty-five below wind chill is going to kill you. Well, that's why the smiley face there. killer. It's like, okay, so drunk college kids fall in the river and drown. Is that really that uh, difficult to believe? I understand. I don't know. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's very very dangerous. It is. It is. It's nothing to mess around with yeah all right so be careful be careful so so it's 35 below wind chill when tonight uh yes and then it's going to get down to minus 60 wind chill uh tomorrow night tomorrow <laughs> night till thursday oh. yep yeah. just... till thursday yeah mm-hmm. so it's going to be cold from from tuesday night until thursday whenever <laughs> but this weekend it's supposed to get back up in the 30s so, so weird. I know. Minnesota is weird. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yep. How are you gonna get? How are you gonna get Bella to go out and pee? Yeah. She ain't gonna <laughs> She's just like, gonna refuse. No, no. Gonna I'll go in the shower. I'm not gonna no. put me in the tub. It's true. Yeah. She won't go outside no. to pee. I'm telling you. Well, she freezes up quickly because she mm-hmm. has not an ounce yeah. of fat on her, and she just will be like, she yeah. No and she doesn't have a very heavy coat either. No. Yeah. I've tossed her it. out a few times. It's like <laughs> yeah. she just gets it, gets it done and runs well, in. It's nice because like we have a, um, in the basement. We have a walkout basement, so she can literally just like take two steps out, pee, and then yep. two steps back in. Like it's yeah, not, it's a good thing. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> that works for me. Difficult, I know. Little. Bella. We will be back with hour two. Diana Graber, great guest coming up. Also, Kostaki Economopoulos. Nope. Yep. No, no, I just got today. confirmation. We're going to try and get him on Thursday. Uh, he's he's uh, oh, he's preparing for the big Super Bowl. He's still on so the list. Though. He's doing something. I know. Well, we didn't know until. Well, you didn't know till just now. Yeah. Okay. Kostaki sucks. Let me say that. <laughs> no, we're going to try to do him on Thursday. Oh yeah, I see. Don't him on like Greek I mean. salads. I don't. Bring the salad undressed. <laughs> 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 we'll be right back, Tom Bernard.